say good morning to all of you. Thank you for the verses, Katrina. I had to think, a uh, thought occurred to me when we read that one verse about he is creator to the ends of the earth. Does the earth have ends? And so if you go looking for those ends of the earth, and as you go, think God created it all, and you will never find the ends of the earth, and you continue to look and realize God created it all. Um, Mike, thanks so much for those songs. I, <laughs> I had given him one song. Um, I don't know when's the last time we sang that song, but um, I put a marker in there. I have a songbook at home, and I put a marker in there. Hey, maybe that makes a sermon sometime, number 172. And um, this week, I seen that marker sticking up, and I pulled that songbook out. Oh, yeah. My shepherd shall supply my need. And I've been thinking of, um, I'm in an I Am series, kind of. And I thought of, I am the good shepherd, so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, But, wow, those, so I've preached this sermon to myself a couple times already. I know what it's about. And those songs were so meaningful, and I thought, I I don't know if they meant so much to you, but, um, so, in, in our sermons here, if you think of songs, maybe that could be part of the sharing time. We could even have a song if you, if you want to, or, or a verse, um, I, I don't know, I, they just really um, struck me, and so this morning, yeah, I'd like to talk about um, Jesus being the good shepherd and, and talk about sheep. A shepherd was looking after his sheep one day on the side of a deserted road when suddenly a brand new Porsche screeches to a halt. The driver, a man dressed to the hilt with expensive shoes and sunglasses plus an Apple watch, gets out and asks the shepherd, If I can tell you how many sheep you have, will you give me one of them? The shepherd looks at the young man and then looks at the large flock of grazing sheep and replies, okay. The young man parks his car, fires up his laptop, enters a NASA web star, scans the ground using his GPS, opens a database with 60 Excel tables filled with logarithms and pivot tables, and then prints out an executive summary report on his high-tech mini printer. He glances at the report as he turns to the shepherd and says, you have exactly 1,586 sheep here. Surprised, the shepherd replies, that's correct, you can have one sheep. Being an astute judge of value, the young man selects an animal and puts it in the back of his Porsche. Just as the man is about to drive off, the shepherd asks him, so if I can guess your profession, will you turn, return my animal to me? The young man answers, yes, why not? The shepherd says, I'm guessing you're an IT consultant. How do you know, asks the young man. Very simple, answers the shepherd. Firstly, you came here without being called. Secondly, you charged me a fee to tell me something I already knew. And thirdly, it's obvious you don't understand anything about my business. Now, please, can I have my dog back? (laughs) We might think looking after sheep is simple. Uh, It's a mundane task. But uh, it takes years of training, is what I read, and is often passed on from father to son. And so the title of my sermon today is, I Am the Good Shepherd. Um, I also realize that I've never been a shepherd. I don't know much about sheep, but this study has been very interesting. So if you want to turn to John 10. John 10 is where our text is, and the more I looked... After I prepared my sermon, the more I looked 
Um, even on the verse in Isaiah 40:11 this morning, uh, our Sunday school, and started looking at references from there, um, this is a vast subject and talked about much. They could relate to sheep back then. This was something they could understand and identify with. Uh, John 10, uh, start reading in verse 1, read the first 18 verses, then jump down and read a few more. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put, putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Lord willing, I hope to expound on I am the door in two weeks. We'll see how that goes or how God leads. Verse 8, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastor. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The, sheep, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jumping down to verse 26, and read five more verses. John 10, 26. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So I've divided today, uh, today's sermon into three parts. I'd like to talk about the nature of sheep, the nature of a hireling, and the nature of the good shepherd. So let's look at sheep first, the nature of sheep. Here are some interesting facts I found about sheep. Did you know that sheep have rectangular pupils versus a little round pupil? Their eyes are situated to the sides of their head, which gives them excellent peripheral vision, allowing them to see behind themselves without the need to turn their heads. Sheep have an excellent sense of smell as well. Uh, 
ewes can hear the bleat of their lambs, meaning that ma mama sheep can hear their babies cry. Did you know that sheep, sheep can self-medicate? I don't know what all that means. I didn't look into that. Sheep can self-medicate. Sheep don't have upper teeth in their front jaw. Sheep require better fencing than do cattle. Sheep are frightened by sudden loud noises such as yelling or barking. And in the case of John 10, we are compared to sheep. So let's look at some similarities. Sheep tend to wander off. Some of the reasons sheep wander off when, is when they're scared, misled, or distracted, or feel the need for more personal space. Yes, they need personal space. This is called their flight zone. In the, in, um, when a sheep is in unfamiliar territory, they tend to spread out more, so they have a bigger area to, to flee. And um, in the picture on the screen, those sheep are close together. They are comfortable. They don't need a big flight zone. Isaiah 53.6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The picture I get here is that all sheep do wander. Some more than others, perhaps. There is the fact that we are all born sinners. There's also the fact that we tend to wander sometimes. Even after we're saved, we are tempted or distracted. At the heart of all distractions is pride and selfishness. Distractions always look good to the flesh, but we must measure them up with God's word. We're all born with a sin nature and a deceitful heart that is bent to do wrong. Secondly, sheep are timid, naturally nervous, and easily frightened. Sheep are nat naturally fearful creatures. They have a heightened sense of fear because they are prey to so many different animals. Add to that their sense of smell, a weird sense of vision, and a whole herd of anxious sheep watching for danger. Sheep are easily panicked and stressed out. We can also become afraid with the cares of life if we get wrapped up in what's going on around us. We must cut off those sources that mislead or distract us. Who do we hang out with? Who do we follow on social media? How much time do we spend on electronic devices? When we keep our eyes on Jesus and are surrounded by Christians, we will not be easily distracted. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will, guide, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Perhaps trusting in God is our greatest remedy for distractions, fear, and anxiety. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We need to get our focus back on Jesus, the good shepherd. Third, sheep are highly social animals and are scared of being alone. 
Instinctively, sheep feel more at ease as a group. This social instinct runs so deep that sheep need to maintain visual contact with one another. Without the necessary companionship, sheep are likely to become stressed. A minimum of five sheep are needed to create a sense of safety. By God's design, we are also highly social. God created us for relationships. Ephesians 5.21, we are to submit one, submit one to another. John 13.34, we are to love one another. Philippians 2.3, we are to esteem others better than ourselves. John 13.14, we are to wash one another's feet. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Galatians 5.13, serve one another. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, we are to comfort one another. There is so much more. Yes, God designed us for relationships. We need, a, we need a right and vital and intimate relationship with him first, and then we are to flesh it out with those around us. Technology, social media, FaceTime, Zoom meetings, they are all okay, but they aren't the same as us being here face-to-face. -face. They don't take the place of that. They have their place. They are a great way to connect with our grandchildren in Pennsylvania but it's different when they come here and visit us. We were meant for relationships. Number four, sheep are almost totally lacking in protection from predators. They really don't have much of a defense system. And they naturally run when they're spooked, yet the greatest defense is coming together as a group and huddling, packing tightly together. When evil forces attack us, we are defenseless without God. But when we are in God, we're on the winning side. And John 10, 28 says that no man is able to pluck, them from, pluck us from out of his hand. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, casting up casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We need the Good Shepherd's help to protect and defend us. We can't do it alone. Did you know internal parasites can create health problems when sheep are intensively grazed on irrigated pastures? You knew that, Mike? Oh, okay, you were nodding your head. That, that was an interesting fact that I found about sheep. Could it be that it's not good for us to just sit in church, but we need to go out? Fervent prayer, daily Bible reading, church attendance, seminars, podcasts, they're all good. But we must go outside the, of our comfort zone and tell others. If we never go out of our comfort zone, if we never reach out and never get outside of our own little life, yet we continue to feed intensively at God's rich pastors, it could be that we um, acquire internal parasites like contentment, laziness, arrogance, and pride. Think about it. 
in God's design, there is something good about us reaching out. Jesus called some fishermen out of their comfort zone. They left their livelihoods in their boats and followed Jesus. Jesus called Peter to step out of the boat and walk on the water. Jesus himself left heaven to come to earth and dwell among us and willingly submit to the death of the cross. One of the dangers of an affluent society that where we live in is we can have pleasures, we can do our own thing, we get comfortable. May we hear and obey the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him wherever he leads and not get internal parasites of pride or arrogance. I'd like to now look at the nature of a hireling. It was interesting, the first definition I found when I opened my app, uh, dictionary.com, this is what I was thinking John 10 means when it says a hireling. A person who works only for pay, especially in a menial or boring job, with little or no concern for the value of the work. Let's look at what he says in John 10, verses 11 to 13. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, the shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. We see in these verses that he was hired for the job. He's in it for the pay. He doesn't really care that much for the sheep. He knows what he's supposed to do, but he doesn't have a bond there. I also wondered why Jesus put the adjective of good. I am the good shepherd. And then, so that indicates there's a bad shepherd. There's, there, and, and in this case, he calls it hireling, is what he's saying the other shepherd is like. We also have in verse 12, it starts with the word but calls us to attention of what follows. In the case of John 10, Jesus being the good shepherd and leading us spiritually and giving us eternal life, we must also take heed of other bad shepherds, false prophets, as it were. Matthew 24, 11 to 14, says, Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. I think it sounds similar to what we have today. Verse 12 says that sin is so prevalent around us and many are growing cold and fading away. But the verse previous to that says, and, and the verse previous says, there's many false prophets that will deceive many. Are we following the good shepherd? First John 4 gives us a test for false prophets. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. 
And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, already it is it in the world. Now, everything we hear is true. We must test it against God's word. We also need to be diligent in the word and take great care to not mislead anyone. Perhaps we should check our motive of why we are a Christian. Is it because we grew up in a Christian family? Are we, in it for, uh, are we a Christian for what's in it for me? In Haiti, they would call them rice Christians sometimes in the far northwest where there was a church. And the reason they called them rice Christians, it was a dry area and they would have rice distributions. And of course, church people also benefited. So they were accused of being rice Christians, a, a church member for the rice. We need to steer clear from hirelings and false prophets. And we ourselves need to be sure we don't also become one. Jesus tells Peter three times in the last chapter of John, he tells him to feed his lambs, feed his sheep, feed his sheep. We also need to do the same. Now let's look at the nature of a good shepherd. In John 10, Verses 11 and 14 both start with, I am the good shepherd. In the seven translations I looked at, they all started that way. They all had the same, I am the good shepherd. The only difference in the seven translations were some of them had the uppercase G and S for good shepherd. That was the only difference in them. So what are some of the characteristics of a good shepherd and some attributes of Jesus being our good shepherd? I think first we need to realize we need a shepherd. I read, did read where sheep can survive alone, but not well and not for long. Sheep without a shepherd move about aimlessly, wandering here and there, getting lost and generally paying little heed to the dangers around them. I believe the same can be said uh, of us. People without Jesus, the good shepherd, move about aimlessly, wandering here and there, getting lost, and generally paying little heed to the dangers around them. That is the case of people without Jesus. We're surrounded by evil spirits and darkness, but we can be on the winning side with Jesus as our good shepherd. So what are some attributes of Jesus, the good shepherd? And this is not all inclusive, but let's look at a few. Here in this chapter, we see where Jesus, the good shepherd, offers abundant life. In verse 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We've all heard the saying, you aren't ready to die until you're ready. You aren't ready to live until you're ready to die. When we have reconciled with God and man and have Jesus as our shepherd, then we not only have the promise of eternal life, but we can enjoy a life of abundance here. What does the abundant life really mean? Well, verse 10 describes two lives. For the one that doesn't have Jesus as the good shepherd, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And in comparison to having Jesus as the good shepherd, the one is lacking life, whereas the other seemingly has an abundance of life. I preached two weeks ago of Jesus being the resurrection and the life. If we have Jesus in us as the resurrection and the life, we will overflow of life to those around us. I also believe an abundant life in, includes the joy and peace we can have when we're reconciled with God and our fellow man and totally put our trust in Jesus as our shepherd. Another thing we find in John 10 is Jesus, the good shepherd, was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. In verses 15, 17, and 18, we read where, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus isn't a hireling. Jesus was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He cares that much. Galatians 1.4 Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in, in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. Third, Jesus the Good Shepherd leads his sheep to pastors. In verse 9, in our Sunday school lesson today, we read about it as well. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. In this verse, Jesus is not only a good shepherd that leads, but he cares for those that are with young. He's compassionate. He's considerate of our situation. And he cares for us. We all know um, Psalm 23. I'll just read the first three verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We have need to be led and shown the way. Jesus will lead us to sufficient pasture and waters. If we ever lack, it's because we have turned and gone aside. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Luke 12.29-32, And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Number four, Jesus, the good shepherd, knows his sheep. In verses 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father. This is a two-way relationship. The good shepherd knows his sheep, and the sheep know of him, even as the father knows him, and he knows the father. To really get to know someone takes a lot of time and interaction, effort. Verse 3 says, the, sh 
shepherd knows and calls his sheep by name. And I think the one song referenced that. One, one sixty-five, maybe. Was that the verse you had in there? And I, I didn't think I knew that song, but yeah, it came back to me when we sang it. Jesus the Good Shepherd knows our name. Jesus the Good Shepherd not only knows our name, nature, and character. Jesus the Good Shepherd also knows our gifts, strengths, and abilities. Jesus knows our every thoughts and intentions. Jesus the Good Shepherd knows and understands the difficulties we are facing. Jesus the Good Shepherd not only knows us to the nth degree, but is capable but is beyond, capable beyond comprehension to provide, strengthen, establish, settle, and lead us in the best. For nothing is impossible with Jesus, my shepherd. John 10.27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do we know Jesus good enough to recognize his voice when he calls? Another aspect of Jesus the Good Shepherd knowing us is in 2 Timothy 2.19 where it says, The Lord knoweth them that are his. For those with whom God has a relationship and knows they are his, John 10.29 says, Nobody can sever that relationship, which brings us to the next point. Five, Jesus the Good Shepherd protects his sheep. Verse 10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 11 says that Jesus is willing to lay down his life for the sheep. Verse 12, the hireling flees when he sees the wolf coming. Not so with Jesus, the good shepherd. He's willing to lay down his life. Not only are we secure with Jesus as our shepherd, but it is backed up with an insurance policy. In verses 28 to 30, with his heavenly father. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Matthew Henry says, He that secured the glory of the Redeemer will secure the glory of the redeemed. And today we could say, He that secured the the glory of the good shepherd will also secure the glory of the sheep. Romans 8, 39. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That is the kind of protection we have with Jesus as our good shepherd. In closing, all we like sheep have gone astray and have need of Jesus the good shepherd in so many ways. Alexander McLaren said regarding I know my sheep. This is a knowledge like the knowledge of the shepherd, a bond of close intimacy, but he does not know them by reason of looking at them and thinking about them. It is something far more blessed than that. He knows me because he loves me. He knows me because he has sympathy 
with me, and I know him, if I know him at all, by my love, my sympathy, and my communion. A loveless heart does not know the shepherd, and unless the shepherd's heart was all love, he would not know his sheep. The shepherd's love is an individualized love. He knows his flock as a flock because he knows the units of it. And we can rest ourselves upon the personal knowledge, which is a personal love and sympathy of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for the richness of this scripture. Father, help for us to comprehend even just a small portion of what we heard today. Thank you for sending Jesus in the examples he set and the parable here that he shared of Jesus being the good shepherd and the door of the sheep. Help for us to keep trusting you in all things and to not wander off and to not be fearful. I pray that you would bless the remainder of this service. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.